Welcome to the Table Read Podcast. Okay, we're ready. These episodes are audio recordings of live Zoom table reads of original screenplays and pilot episodes by a talented collection of writers, actors, and directors. Places, everybody. And hosted by Northern Unicorn Films. Roll camera. Rolling. Action. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the reading table read of Eden's Paradise, written by Janet Swainston. Uh, the actors today, who you'll get to enjoy, are Stacy Forbes, Dan Shaked, Erica McNabb, Phil Davies, Brian Cutter, Barr Redden, Ethan Crystal, and Thomas Moore. So let's begin with Eden's Paradise. Interior, Justice House, high-risk urban area, afternoon. Superimposed, Toronto, 2513. The Justice House is busy, crowded with bounty cops all going about their daily routine. The info screens are littered with news from across the city and the planet, as well as offering a constant barrage of advertising and job postings. Eden Ash, 20-something, plain, with her yellow squad jacket undone and her t-shirt underneath glaringly white, strides into the squad locker room, greeting others as she goes. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Hey. Yeah. Just start my shift. She reaches her locker and yanks it open just as every info screen suddenly goes blank. All the cops turn to stare at the closest screen. A stern-looking, well-groomed man, Clark Fletcher, 50-ish, handsome in a stern way with pale blue eyes, appears on the screen. Good morning, squads. Your attention is required. Eden stares at the screen. One of her colleagues nudges her. Red Gutierrez, 30-something, shaved head, facial tattoos. Who the hell is this guy? New Chief Justice? I don't know. Don't think so. He's not wearing the uniform. Looks like someone higher up in the government to me. Huh? Wonder when they're going to replace Johnson. It's been a month and things are getting bad out there. Yeah. You have trouble this morning? Trouble doesn't cover it. Three on my squad are in the hospital. Damn. The vid screen goes blank, and then the news report returns. Shit. Missed the rest of the message. Don't worry. You can get it on playback later. You done with your shift? Yeah. Going home to my wife and kids. Red grins at Eden and playfully shoves her. You take care out there, Eden. It's getting crazy. You're just a kid. Kid? Me? I stopped being a kid when I was a kid. They both laugh when the alarm starts to blare and the announcement fills the building. An automated voice, gender neutral, startles them. Emergency, emergency, riot in progress. All squads report to the weapons room. Riot in progress, emergency, emergency. Eden and Red slam their lockers shut. Red pulls on his yellow squad jacket as Eden does hers up. Guess I'm not going off ship after all. Eden, Red, and the rest of the cops race towards the weapons room. Exterior, urban street, late afternoon. The street is filled with rampaging people, some holding signs of protest with angry, hateful messages. Most are holding weapons of some kind, bats, bricks, knives, etc. A trash can is thrown through a shop window as the shopkeeper escapes. The crowd chants hate slogans. The bounty cops arrive. Bounty cops spill from a dozen vehicles, but there are not enough of them. The crowd is wild and attack the cops. Bodies of both citizens and cops start hitting the ground. 
Red and Eden are the last to arrive with the full squad car. Red jumps out first and pulls his taser stick, switching it on so it crackles. Eden follows, her own stick at the ready, not turned on. Hey, turn on your weapon! It's dangerous out here! I know, but it's more dangerous if I turn this thing on right away. Don't worry, I know what I'm doing. Okay, kid, but don't make me bury you today, okay? Not a kid, and I won't. Eden grins at Red as Red wades into the crowd. Eden hesitates, looking for an opening. A squad captain stands on top of a lead vehicle, blasting a cease and desist message at top volume through the car's sound system. The crowd turns to the squad captain and rushes the car. The first wave go down as bounty cops use their taser sticks wildly. The cops are soon overwhelmed and citizens jump up on the car and pull the squad leader to the ground. Eden pushes her way through the crowd to get to the squad leader, avoiding the punches and kicks from the citizens. She spots Red up ahead as she swings her taser stick like a sword. She heads in his direction. As she nears Red's position, the crowd overwhelms him, and a man with a knife stabs Red in the throat. Eden is shocked and stops in her tracks. Red, no! She turns on her taser stick and tries to clear a path to her friend, but is soon overwhelmed herself. She falls to the ground, and her taser is ripped from her hand as she is kicked. She curls in a fetal position to protect her head. The sudden blare of the crowd control hover car stops everyone in the streets, covering their ears. Eden rolls to her stomach and is able to get to her knees, pushing herself away from the crowd of attackers. The alarm stops and a loud hiss of crowd control gas fills the air. The last thing she sees before passing out is red, blood pumping from his neck as he lays a few feet away, his eyes lifeless. Interior, crowded warehouse, next morning. Makeshift hospital beds fill a warehouse space as medical personnel, bounty cops, and government military bustle around. Mo Gosen, a rugged-looking 30-ish, lounges in a folding chair, his feet propped up on the table. General Carrie Angler, 50-ish, approaches with two aides. She eyes Mo and clears her throat. Mo glances <clears throat> up. Can I help you? General? The general glares at him and gestures towards Mo's feet with a shooting motion. Mo glances down at his feet and then slowly removes them. Sorry, you're also in my seat. The aides stand on either side of Mo, one holding a small video transmitter, the other a vid pad. They glare at Mo. With a sigh, Mo stands, sidling around the aides and gestures for the general to sit. All yours, general. The general stumps around the table and sits, nodding to her aides. The aide with the vid pad transmitter is set carefully on the desk pausing to glance at Mo and then the general. Mo stares evenly at the general who glares at him. And now, can I help you with something? Uh, no, I'm just here to volunteer my services as a civilian in this time of crisis. Excellent. Civilians are uh, gathered over there. The general gestures to an area where other men and women are gathered, chatting and drinking coffee. Mo glances in the general direction of the other civilians, then back to the general. Right. This is a restricted area, and I'm about to view classified information. Since you're a civilian, you should move along. Mo locks eyes with the general. Move along? Right. Mo offers a jaunty half salute to the general and turns to leave. One of the aides whispers in the general's ear. Wait, your, uh, your name? Mo turns back to the general, hooking a thumb into his belt. Gosen, Mo. Junior Lieutenant, Air Force, retired. The General looks Mo up and down. 
I see. The aide with the vid pad leans down and shows the pad to the general. Voluntary retirement. Were you asked to retire? Answer carefully. I have your file right here. Low glances at the aide who avoids his gaze. If you have my file, you know it was to take retirement or court martial. And since I disobeyed an order to save a life, I took voluntary retirement. The general takes the vid pad from the aide and scrolls through Mo's file. It says here, before your retirement, you were a good leader, on track for a promotion. Inspiring. Mo shrugs. I have a way with words and people. The general hands the vid pad back to the aide and motions for Mo to come closer. Mo casually leans on the table. During this time of crisis, you could still be of service to your country. Do what's necessary to keep the bounty cops from interfering. Aren't they on our side? Maybe. The situation with the Chief Justice, though, she was corrupt and our analysis is the uh, bounty cops were compromised. Mo eyes the general. Right. What about the new chief? Does the military trust him? <laughs> the official position is uh, we're working with him. And personally? Off the record, son. I think it might be more of the same. Mo shakes his head. Okay. So, where do I report for duty? The general nods in the direction of the hospital beds where a nurse is checking on Eden. You can start with that one. She's one of the few BCs that isn't in a critical condition or dead. Mo glances over his shoulder and sees Eden stirring. What do you want me to do with her? Your duty. The vid pad beeps in the aide's hands. The aide glances at it and speaks quietly to the general. General, there are more reports of unrest from survivors of the riots. Not my problem. Yes, sir, but... Not my problem. <clears throat> if I may speak freely, General. Speak? It might be a good idea to get people out of the city, maybe to the supply depots where it's quieter. No. No, it won't be quiet there. Most of the depots will be under martial law. Mo perches on the edge of the table. And what about the private ones? Not my jurisdiction at the moment. Right, of course not. Mo fires off a sloppy salute to the general again and saunters towards the triage area. Interior, crowded warehouse, continuous. Eden awakens to find a nurse standing over her. Hey, you're awake. Good. How do you feel? Froggy and a little sore, but I'm fine. Good. Then I can move on to a patient that actually needs me. Nurse hands Eden a bottle of water and a ration bar. Drink, eat, then report to the ready room. Your supervisor will want to see you. Okay, where's the ready room? The nurse points to the end of the building where a couple of government military guards are standing in front of a closed door. Bounty cops and military personnel come and go. Eden nods and rips open her ration bar, chomping down and chewing hard as she slides off the gurney. She stumbles a bit, then catches her balance and carefully dodges medics, patients, and soldiers, making her way to the closed door. Mo watches her and follows slowly behind. She reaches the door and moves to enter. The guards stop her. Restricted area. Required personnel only. My pages are off. I'm sorry. Hang on. I'm a cop. See some ID? 
Oh. Eden reaches back into her back pocket and pulls out her bounty cop ID and flashes it at both guards. Guards eye each other, and the guard on the left opens the door. Thanks. She takes another bite of her ration bar and enters the room. Interior, ready room, continuous. Eden stops in her tracks as she enters. The room is large, but seems small as it is filled with, to capacity with government leaders and troops. Some bounty cops cluster around. Mo sidles up to her side, his shoulder brushing hers. She jerks away, eyeing him, trying to figure out his function. His clothes are half military, half civilian. He wears an old scruffy jacket, bomber jacket. He stops in front of her and grins. Uh, you're new. Bounty cop? Yeah. Who are you? I'm a civilian volunteer. Volunteer for what? What's going on? Ah, you must have come from that ride over near the bounty house. I did. A lot of people died. Anyone you know? A friend. Eden looks away, scanning the room. The general enters the room. Who's that? She in charge? Yeah. And that's General Carrie Angler. Then I guess I report to her. Eden takes another bite of a ration bar and pushes through the throng to the general. She hears Mo chuckle behind her. <laughs> Eden stands before the general, pocketing her food and drink before coming to attention. General Angler, Bounty Cop 196565. Ash, Eden, reporting. The general turns to glance at her, barely acknowledging the salute. Please, Ash. You're not in the military, so you don't need to salute me. Now, what is it you want? I was told to report here. You're the senior officer, so I'm reporting to you. Angler eyes her up and down, noting the injuries. Were you in the riot this morning? Yes, ma'am. You need to report to the duty officer that you've been released. He's over there. Angler points to an older bespectacled officer in government uniform, sitting at a desk across the room. Yes, ma'am. And he'll give me an assignment? No, he'll send you home to your family if you have one. I don't understand, ma'am. I'm ready for duty. I don't know if you've looked in the mirror before coming in here, but you aren't fit for anything. Now report to the duty officer. We have important work to do here. Eden looks upset and strides away, angry. She passes Mo, who chuckles. Could have told you that would happen. The general isn't much for weakness. <laughs> weakness? I'm injured, not dead. To the general, you look weak. Leave me alone. I've had a bad day and it's not getting any better. Mo shakes his head as Eden pushes past and makes her way to the duty officer. Ash Eden, Bounty Cop, 196565. The duty officer glances up at her, then scans his list. He puts a check mark next to her name. You're off duty, officer. Go home and be safe. Off duty until when? Until further notice. Go home. Eden sighs, then stomps off. Mo follows her as she makes her way out the door. He dogs her steps. Told you, all the cops are being sent home. Yeah? Well, I don't care about all the cops. Just me. And we'll be glad. You guys went through something bad today. Eden stops and turns to him. Yeah. And now I'd like you to leave me alone again. I have to get home, see if my family is okay. Sure, kid. Good luck. Not a kid. Eden turns again and hurries outside. Mo watches her leave, his face concerned. 
Exterior, shabby apartment buildings later. The public transport pulls to a stop in front of a shabby apartment building. Eden jumps from the public transport and stands out front. It looks ominously quiet, no sign of neighbors or any life at all. All windows are dark. She stands there watching a few moments and glances around the street, noticing that the street is also quiet. No traffic other than the occasional public transport. She approaches the building when a government soldier, middle-aged, appears from inside. He stands at the top step. Hold, officer. Where are you going? Eden stops at the bottom step and glares up at him. I'm going home. I live here with my family. I can't let you go inside. Why? Off limits. Why? Where is my family? My dad, my brother? Not here. Gone. Gone? Gone where? Why? The soldier descends the stairs to stand directly face to face with Eden. She holds her ground a moment before stepping back. Gone as in the survivors were evacuated and the dead were taken away. What? Survivors? Dead? What are you talking about? There doesn't seem to be any signs of violence. Seems to be is the operative word, officer. Now move along. If you report to your bounty house, they should have accommodations set up for you. I have to find my family. Can't help you. Can't? Won't is more like it. You government bruises are all the same. Yeah, yeah. Report to the bounty house and get out of my face. Can I at least go inside and pick up some stuff? No! Now get out of here. Fine. But someone is going to hear about this. So? My bosses don't care, and your boss has no authority. You better go. Eden turns and takes off at a run towards her bounty house. Interior bounty house afternoon. Eden enters the bounty house, slightly out of breath, mm -hmm. to find it teeming with her fellow cops, most sporting bandages, slings, and crutches. She glances at the vid screen, <clears throat> which displays a message telling all cops to check the video board for detailed information and instructions. She pushes her way through the throng, barely acknowledging her fellow cops, and stops before a video board. She places her hand on the screen, which scans for her DNA. Her service file comes up with a flashing red dot in the center. An AI voice tells her to touch the screen where the dot is. Please place your hand on the flashing red dot. She does, and a screen of text comes up. She scans it, reading that her family home was invaded and her father is dead and her brother is sent to a detention center. She reacts, shocked, and stumbles away before she can read the rest of the message with her housing assignment on it. She pushes her way out of the main room and into the mostly empty locker room. She stumbles to the first bench she finds and sits. She puts her face in her hands and then sits up straight. She stands and strides to the weapon locker. Nobody's on duty. She tries the gate. It's locked. She pulls her taser gun from her belt and tasers the lock. It sparks and shorts out. She pulls the gate open. She enters the locker and grabs what small hand weapons she can find, a pack of rations and water, and a baseball bat sitting by the front of the cage. She tucks everything in the pack, the bat and the straps across her back, and marches out the door. Exterior, bounty hunter, bounty house, continuous. Eden watches for the next public transport when it arrives. She jumps on board, flashing her badge. She stands next to the driver, 40-ish. Hey, driver, you going to the detention center? One. The one for District 51? Yeah, I stopped right in front. Good, thanks. Eden grabs a seat on the mostly empty transport. 
Exterior District 51 Detention Center, late afternoon. The transport stops and a couple of people get off, followed by Eden. She studies the surroundings, barren landscape, tall mounds of damp-looking dirt and debris, everything of faded brown. A variety of dull-colored buildings, mostly deserted, some in ruins. She approaches the guard gate of the largest, squat, dull-colored building in fenced area. The two people before her flash badges, obviously employees. Eden stands at the gate, waiting for the DC guard, young female, to speak to her. Name? Ash Eden, bounty cop. Don't need your designation. What's the purpose of your visit? My brother, Alex Ash, should be here. I was told he was here. Let me check. The guard punches some keys and glances at the screen. She glances at Eden and then punches more keys. A drawer in the bank of metal cabinets behind pops open. The guard reaches in and pulls out a set of ID tags and a quartz crystal pendant on a leather thong. She hands the items to Eden and presents her with a hand pad. Need your handprint to acknowledge receipt, please. Receipt? Those are Alex's. What's going on? I, I want to see my brother. Can't see him. Handprint. Come on, I don't got all day. Why can't I see him? What's he done wrong? You can't see him because he's dead, officer. I should have told you that at Bounty House. Eden reels, her face white. She grabs onto the counter for balance. The guard shoves the hand pad at her again. ID, please. Eden glances at the pad and slowly puts her hand on the screen. It scans her and then beeps, flashing green. The guard shoves her brother's things at her and then steps away from the window, staring at the screen. Eden is distraught, but grabs her brother's ID tags and necklace. She staggers away into the street where a public transport stops suddenly to avoid hitting her. A large mob gets off the transport and rushes at the detention center gates. Eden barely notices until an alarm begins to blare and an announcement shatters the air. The announcer, gender neutral, blares from a nearby speaker. Please step away from the gates. This detention center is heavily armed. All rioters will be subdued. Gas starts to emit from small grates in the ground. Eden realize what is happening, realizes what is happening and jumps on the transport. Drive. Now. Unless you want to get gassed and thrown in that place. Drive. The driver throws the transport into gear and races away. Interior, public transport garage, evening. The transport pulls into the bustling garage, crowded with drivers and citizens. Eden jumps out and stops with the driver to watch the vid screen. Clark Fletcher is on the screen making an announcement. Please do not be alarmed. Everything is under control. The city is being evacuated and safety zones have been set up just outside city limits. The crowd murmurs, the babble of the voices rising. It is in the best interest of all citizens to make their way to one of the many safety centers. From there, you'll be given comfort and guidance. The crowd mutters among themselves as Eden looks around for personal transport. She spots an old school motorcycle, keys in the ignition. Without looking back, she jumps on the bike, starts it, speeds away in the direction of the outskirts of the city. Exterior, outer safety zone, dusk. Eden arrives at a safety zone on the outskirts of the city. The area is even more bleak than the detention center. There's a small cluster of buildings, gray and brown, worn by the years. As she brings her bike to a halt, she finds herself at the edge of a war zone. Bounty cops and government soldiers are being attacked by citizens in full revolt. A group of worker citizens spot her and drags her from her bike. They tear at her backpack and she stumbles away. She's rescued by Mo, who's carrying a bounty cop taser stick. 
He grabs her and drags her behind a long, low building. What the hell are you doing here? I was just going to ask you the same thing. What are the odds we meet again? I don't know. Not a gambler. He peers around the end of the building, then pulls Eden back farther into hiding. You shouldn't be here. And where should I be? Trapped in the city with nothing to do? What about your family? Dead. All of them. Damn. Sorry. Thanks. Yeah. Eden looks away, wiping her face. When she turns back, Mo ignores her damp cheeks. You're the first and only person to say that. Yeah, well, don't expect any emotion or empathy from government officials. I won't. So what's going on here? This is supposed to be a safety zone. Ha! <laughs> safety zone? More like an invitation to war. Um, so the sound of fighting moves farther away. That, uh, what do you mean? This isn't some refugee hostel, kid. This is a detention center to lock up the citizens so that they don't riot. What? Has anyone from the government seen this mob? I don't know, but it's a huge failure. It's criminal. It's the government. Now let's get out of here. The sound of crying and screaming faintly nearby stops Eden. What's that? Are those kids? Yeah, sounds like kids and women. They sound trapped and terrified. She finds Guys, a door to the I wanted build. to update you real quick on uh, this situation. For those Something. of you who weren't following along uh, yesterday, I made kind of a post about- Is, Does anybody um, else hear this? Um, yeah. Being yeah, I hear it too. We're gonna pause for a second until we figure out what's going on. She finds a door to the building and leans against it, listening. They're in there. We have to help them. Come on, kid. We don't have time for this. Eden spots a public transport sitting nearby. Look, we can't leave them. They sound like they're trapped in this building. There's a public transport right there. All we have to do is get them out of this building, onto that transport, and we race out of here to somewhere a little safer. Safer? Where would that be? Anywhere but here. Look, I need to do something right today. Now come on, be a hero. Damn. Okay, let's get this door open. Mo turns to the door and sees it's an electric lock. He shoves the tip of the taser stick in as far as it will go and turns it on. The lock shorts out and Eden grabs the knob, ripping the door open. She and Mo rush inside as the cries get louder. Interior, detention building, continuous. Inside is dimly lit, emergency lights only. The cries are coming from a room at the end of the short hallway. Eden and Mo make their way to the room. The door is locked from the outside, but Mo shorts out the lock again and yanks the door open. Inside are a group of women and children. One of the young girls spots Eden. Marion Woods, 13, tall for her age, grabs Eden's arm. Are you here to help us? Yes. Calm down. Don't hold my arm so tight, please. How many of you are there? Marion tightens her grip and glances around the room. Not many left. Not after last night. Why last night? What Probably happened don't. now? I don't want to know the answer to that. Eden grabs the girl by her shoulder, shaking her lightly. They took them, mostly the women. Eden looks disgusted and shakes her head. I can guess the rest. So how many? Maybe about 25 of us left. Okay. Well, 
Let's get you out of here. All of you. Marion releases Eden and runs around to the other women and children, gathering them up. Eden and Mo wait by the back exit, waving them on. This is dangerous and crazy, and I cannot- And I don't care. We just, we can't just leave them here. We have to have somewhere to take them. What about one of the supply depots? There's about a dozen a few hours from here. Most of those government facilities, some are fortified and most will be guarded. Yeah, but aren't you ex-government? How did you figure that out? She tugs at the faded insignia on his collar. I pay attention to things. Don't you know somewhere we can go? Clever girl. Well, I think I know a place. Thought you might. Lucky me. <laughs> Who said it was luck, kid? I do, and stop calling me kid or I'll put you on your ass. Marion's gathered up all the women and children and brought them to the back door. We're ready. Do you have a place to take us? Yeah. Now everyone just follow us. Stick close and we can get, we can all get out of this alive. Eden takes Marion's hand and leads her down the short corridor. The rest follow with Mo in the rear. Exterior detention compound dark. Eden hurries towards the public transport, keeping her eye on the fighting nearby. Marion's right behind her, leading the other women and children. Mo brings up the rear, his gaze roaming from side to side. They reach the transport and Eden starts pushing the refugees inside. Come on, inside quickly. The refugees file into the transport as quickly as they can. Marion last and Mo last of all. That's all we can take. I know. Now how do we get out of here? The front entrance is blocked. Eden gestures towards where the fighting is thickest. Mo scans the area and spots an unguarded entrance at the back of the compound. There. Get in. I'll drive. You sure? Do you know how to drive one of these? I can drive anything. Let's go. Eden gets inside and takes a seat near the back. Marion perches near Mo as he takes a driver's seat. He gets the transport started, but, something, but some of the rebelling citizens have spotted the transport and start toward it. Marion points at them. They're coming. Can we go? Hang on, Missy. Everyone hang on to something solid. He punches the accelerator and puts the transport into drive. Gears pop and hiss, but the bus lurches forward as Mo hits the power button. He turns and heads for the back entrance as the mob rushes forward. He swerves as rocks and bricks hit the windows of the bus. The passengers scream and huddle close to the floor. Mo tries to get more power, but the bus is sluggish. More projectiles hit the windows, and one shatters glass everywhere as it explodes inward. Come on! Mo, give it! I'm giving it all she's got! Hit the turbo switch. The what? This model doesn't have one. Marion scrambles to the floor and spots a big red button near the gas pedal. She tugs at Mo's pant leg, pointing. Turbo switch, there on the floor next to the brake. Well, if you say so. Hope it works. Mo jams his foot onto the turbo switch and the bus lurches forward at top speed. The vehicle swerves and Mo forces the wheel to straighten out. He aims for the gate. Everyone down! I'm gonna have to ram the gate! Everyone takes cover as Mo slams the bus through the gate, leaving behind the detention compound and the fighting mob. Exterior, deserted country road, crossroads, early evening. The bus comes to a stop under some stunted and scrubby trees. The hydraulics hiss as the door opens and Eden steps out. She scans the area, noting the empty field, fields overrun with weeds and scrub grass. She looks skyward, shielding her eyes against the bright sun, and then turns to beckon the passengers outside. Okay, everyone out. Time for a rest break. 
Come on. She helps everyone off the bus, Marion and Mo last. You can't stay here long. I know, but they need to pee and stretch their legs. So do you. Yeah, but we really can't stop long. Why? There aren't any government cameras here. Who says there aren't? Low buzz makes them look skyward. Mo points to a drone approaching the crossroads. It pauses and rotates to get a full view of the area. Marion ducks behind the bus and pulls at Eden and Mo to do the same. They resist. No point hiding. The infrareds will have seen us. Then we're toast. No, we're not. Not yet. Why? At what? But they know where we are. Yes, but they aren't close enough to do anything about it. That drone is reconnaissance only. It can't get troops here fast enough to stop us moving on. But the drone can follow us. Sure, kid, if I let it. Mo pulls out a weapon, sets a dial, and aims at the drone. He pulls the trigger, and the drone falls to the ground, shorting out. Mo walks over to it and stomps it into rubble. He picks through the debris and grabs a small blinking beacon. He wraps it in his fist and returns to Eden and Marion. He tosses it to Marion, who catches it. What's this? Homing beacon. It'll transmit that drone crash in its last location. But that's bad. They'll know where we are. No, they'll know where we were. We aren't staying here. This is just a pit stop. Oh, right. Well, I'm going to go take a pit stop myself. Marion tosses the beacon back to Mo. He catches it and then tosses it on the ground. His boot smashes it until the light goes out. He turns to Eden. Done. Good. Eden then grabs Mo by the arm, puts her foot behind his, and flips him over so that he's flat on his back in the dirt. He looks up at her, pained and surprised. What the hell, kid? Told you. Stop calling me a kid. Now I'm going to take a pit stop, too. Eden marches off into the bushes as the other refugees are returning. Mo gets up and dusts himself off. A returning Marion snickers. Interior transport bus later. The bus rattles along the country road. No other vehicles pass them. The passengers are eating rations that Eden is passing out. She reaches the front of the bus and hands a ration bar to Mo. Here, you need to eat. He ignores her watching the road. I'm good. She stuffs the ration bar into his shirt pocket. It's there when you're ready. Marion joins them. Hey, mister, you know where you're taking us? Name's Mo, kid. Name's Marion, Mo. Eden snickers. Mo gives her a side eye. I'm Eden Marion. And don't mind him. He's just mad because I put him on his ass. Saw that. Why? What did he do? He called me kid. And I did warn him. Got what he deserved then. Do you two mind? I'm trying to drive. We don't mind. And can't you talk and drive? Not when I'm trying to remember which road to take. Oh, sorry. Marion? We're, we're going to Supply Depot. Aren't, aren't they all government owned? Not all of them. So I'm taking us to a private one where there'll be a better and more plentiful supplies. You didn't say, but it will be guarded. 
You didn't ask, but no, probably, probably not by people. Security system only. And how do we get around that? Are you a hacker? Nope, but Eden is. How do you know that? I saw your service file at the hospital. So you creeped her while she was injured? Ew. Eden hides a grin as most scowls. I didn't creep her. I was looking for a hacker and her name came up first. How lucky for you that I got injured. Yeah, lucky. Marion and Eden share a glance. Ooh, fashion or something. No, what does that mean? You seem pretty bothered to be taken down by a woman. I don't think it's that. I think it's he doesn't like that someone who isn't military took him out. Oh, yeah, that would bother me too. Can you two go sit or, or sleep or something? Marion shrugs and returns to her seat. Eden stays and stares at Mo. What? What do you want now? I want you to pull over and let me drive. What? No, you don't know where you're going. So tell me, where am I going? And go grab some shut-eye, just a couple of hours. It's easier if I just drive through the night. Will it be easier if you fall asleep and crash the bus so we have no transportation? I'm fine. Okay, so I'll just stay here and bug you all night. Mo decelerates and pulls over. He stands up and pushes past Eden. Don't worry, everyone. We're not stopping long. I'm just going to get a couple hours of sleep while Ash here drives. Eden slips into the driver's seat as Mo leans over to whisper to her. Keep on this road until you see a big red barn. You don't know compass directions? Do you? Yes, but I'll do this your way. Big red barn on the right or left? On your south side. That way. Okay, then what? Next is another crossroads marked with a big green sign that says Property of Paradise Corp on the north side of the road. Paradise Corp. Got it. Then what? Then turn north, drive until you come to a large black fence across the road, stop, and wake me up. Got it. Will do, sir. Yes, sir. Eden salutes. Don't salute me. I'm not military anymore, and you never were. Right. Sorry, sir. Mo. Mo shakes his head and stomps towards an empty seat. He slumps down and closes his eyes as Eden powers up the bus and drives. Interior transport, false dawn. Eden pulls the bus to a stop. The big black electronic gate is in front of her. Mo jolts awake as the transport stops. Eden glances at him. Good, you're awake. We're here. Mo stands, stretching and yawning as he, as he steps to her side and peers out the front windshield. He reaches over and pops the door release. Then he hops off the bus and glances back at Eden. Coming? Eden slips from the seat, stretching as she steps down to the road to join Mo. They walk together to the sign next to the small vid screen. Bright security lights flare on, blinding them temporarily. Shielding their eyes, they peer at the sign. The sign reads, Private Property, Paradise Corporation Personnel Only. No admittance without proper authorization. Security measures in effect. You have been warned. A voice behind them makes Eden jump. You have been warned. Sounds scary. What security measures? Mo glances at her. Could be anything, but most likely electrical. Electrical? Ele electrocution. Same as bounty cops having their taser sticks. But higher frequency and probably fatal. 
Oh, oh, we have been warned. Indeed, we have, Marion. Mo turns Eden and gestures towards the mid-screen. You're up. This is your area of expertise. One of many. Let me see what I can do. Marion stands with Mo, slipping her hand into his. He glances at her. Eden steps up to the vid screen and studies it a moment. Hey, kid, you got a mom on that bus? Don't call me kid. And no, my mom got taken the first night we were there. I'm sorry. Are you okay? I guess. I have to be. I'm tougher than I look. Good. Well, what's the holdup? It's not like any government vid pad I've seen. Give me a minute. I thought you said you were an expert. You said I was an expert. I said I have many areas of expertise. Get it right. Yeah, get it right, Mo. Mo rolls his eyes and Eden places her hand on the vid pad. The screen lights up and an AI voice speaks. Welcome to the Paradise Corporation. Please enter authorization to gain admittance. So enter your authorization. I don't have one. But security measures, we have been warned. He knows, kid. Give her a minute. Yeah, give me a minute. Eden sighs and lays her hand on the vid pad. The pad lights up and scans her hand, then turns red. The AI voice sounds again. DNA not recognized. Please speak clearly for voice verification. Ash Eden, Bounty Cop, ID 196565. Ash Eden, Bounty Cop, ID 196565, not recognized. Please state authorization code before security measures activate. You have 30 seconds. Marion grips Moe's hand tightly, making him wince. He squeezes back. Got this. You got this, right? Yeah, just wait. Uh, authorization code, come on, come on. Uh, Marion? Marion? Hurry, security measures. I can't hear you guys. Hurry. She knows, she knows. I know. 15 seconds remaining. Please enter authorization code. Eden glances around, looking back at Mo and Marion, then at the bus full of women and children. She bites her lip and eyes widen. She turns back to the vid screen, leaning into it and speaking clearly. Authorization code. R-E-F-U-G-E-E. -E -E. Refugee. The vid screen beeps and goes green. Authorization code accepted. Please proceed through the gates and to the office straight ahead. Thank you for choosing the Paradise Corporation as your place of sanctuary. Eden breathes heavily and turns to smile at Mo and Marion, who are still holding hands. Mo pulls his hand away from Marion's grip. Marion grins at Eden. Awesome. Knew you could do it. Yeah, knew you could do it. Thanks. Let's go. Marion scampers back to the bus and scrambles inside. It's all okay. No security measures will be taken. Mo and Eden take a more sedate pace back to the bus. How did you remember the code and how come it worked? Every bounty cop gets a refugee code in case of emergency evacuation from the city. Didn't really know if it would work at a non-government facility, but thankfully it did. Yeah, good deal. Marion is skipping up and down the aisle of the bus, singing about security measures. 
Eden pauses before boarding the bus. See, you've got yourself a girlfriend. Oh, God, she's just a scared kid whose mom got taken. Eden looks sharply at Mo. Damn, disgusting what government soldiers will do. Why do you think I got out? I guess you're one of the good guys. Mo shrugs as they reach the bus. Mo slips behind the wheel as Eden perches by his side. The bus rumbles forward as the gate opens to let them in, and then it slides closed behind them. The light on the vid screen turns red again as they drive forward. Exterior, large warehouse, moments later. The bus eases to a stop in front of the large loading door on the east side of the main warehouse. The bus door swings open and Eden jumps out and jogs towards the doors. Finding the door release, she jams the button down and the bay doors slide up and open. She waves at Mo, who drives the bus inside. Eden follows on foot as the door begins its descent. Interior, warehouse loading bay, continuous. The bus lights shine on the back wall with two doors. The room is dark until Eden speaks. Lights on. The lights in the room flare on, showing the room to be a large loading bay. Two empty trucks sit nearby, their back doors open and ready to load supplies. The door on the left of the back wall is marked with a sign, office. The door on the right is labeled warehouse. To the right of the warehouse door are smaller loading doors that are closed. Eden makes her way to the office door as the bus doors swing open and the refugees disembark. Eden pauses at the office door and is joined by Mo and Marion. Well, what are you waiting for? Aren't you going in? We don't know what's on the other side. Can't be people. They would have said something by now. Could be dead people. Or it could be secured. You mean like booby traps? Yeah, booby traps. Eden stares nervously at the door. She reaches for the handle, turns it, but the door is locked. Mo pulls her hand away. He takes out his weapon and aims it at the door. Stand back in case it's rigged to blow. Blow? Explosives. Oh. Eden steps back, pushing Marion behind her. Mo steps to the right of the door and aims his weapon. He pulls the trigger and the doorknob explodes into shrapnel. Eden and Marion shield themselves and wait for the smoke to clear. Mo steps to the doorway and peers into the darkened interior. He shines his hand light into the room. It's an office with a desk, cabinets, computer, monitors, and chair. Give me something to throw. Hi. Kid, you ask a lot of questions. I need a lot of answers. Eden finds a block of wood in a scrap pile nearby. She tosses one to Mo. He catches it and then tosses it through the dark doorway. The wood clatters to the floor, but nothing else happens. Marion jumps forward and into the room. Eden grabs for her, but the girl is too quick. Lights on! The lights in the office come on, and Marion is revealed, standing in the middle of the offices, grinning at Mo and Eden. See, it's okay. No dead bodies and no exploding. Mo strides forward and grabs her arm. It still could have been rigged. Be careful. Tell her, Ash. Eden pulls Mo's hand off Marion and turns the girl to face her. He's right. Just be more careful until we know everything is okay. Why don't we go back to the others and just tell them to sit tight and Mo and I will check things out here. Marion pulls away sharply and glares at Mo as she stomps towards the door. Fine. Sorry. You'd be sorry if you were dead. No, I'd just be dead. Weird. Marion flounces off as Eden hides a grin. Mo glares at her. Don't encourage her. Me? You let her hold your hand. Have you felt the grip on that kid? I didn't have a choice. 
Sure. Let's check out the surveillance in this place and see if there's anything here we can use. I thought you wanted sanctuary. I do, but this place might not fit the bill. It's got everything. Secured fence, working power, walls, communications. What more do you want? Mm, safety and supplies. That might be a tall order. Pardon me, Ash. It's what's needed. The cities won't be safe anymore. We need a place that's secured from any rebellion or government interference. Now, let me work the computers. Eden pulls out a chair at the desk and pulls several vid screens close to her. She finds the hand pad and lays her hand on it. The screen lights up and asks for her security clearance code. Authorization code R-E. The hand pad goes red as the AI voice cuts in. Code not accepted. Please enter a valid citizen identification code. Damn. What's wrong? It wants a citizen ID code. I can't use mine. No, you can't. It probably won't accept it, and it would also alert anyone monitoring this depot that you won't work for the Paradise Corporation. Please enter a valid citizen identification code. You have 30 seconds to comply. Mo, what do I do? Do you have a code? Can we use yours? I'm not security, Ash. Are not you covert ops? Why would you ask that? Why are you assuming all this stuff about me? I'll tell you another time. Do you have a code and can you use your code? Yeah, but it will mean the government knows I'm here. Fine, we'll deal with that later. Better you than me. Why is that? You can come up with a better lie as to why you are here. More than I can. Bounty cops don't have any authorization outside the cities. Military, even ex-military could and do. Good point. All right, move your hand. Eden removes her hand from the pad and Mo lays his down. DNA identifier, Gosen Moses, number 5350A. Full security clearance status. Please enter your voice authorization. Gosen Moses, special ops ID number 5350A. Authorization granted. Do you wish to transfer all systems authorizations to you? Yeah, yeah, yes, and include one other. Please have other authority place hand on the vid pad. Mo removes his hand and replaces it with Eden's. Just follow instructions and this will all be over soon. Eden nods as the vid pad extends a small needle and pricks the skin of Eden's hand. A small amount of blood is removed and the needle retreats into the vid pad. The screen goes green. Please state your name and identification for the record. Ash Eden, citizen designation 6553B. Designation accepted. What security clearance? Mo leans over the vid pad, speaking directly into the mic. Full clearance, all systems, including operating. The vid pad turns green and beeps. Accepted. Ash Eden is now an administrator. Instructions? Unlock all interior doors and systems. There's a cascade of loud clicks from outside the office. All interior doors and systems are now unlocked. Seal all exterior gates and entrances from any other external access. The screen beeps loudly three times. All exterior gates and entrances are now sealed. The vid screen goes dark and the security screens light up. The, the dozen screens show scenes from the warehouse and outside. 
several screens show that the warehouse is filled with supplies. Looks like we hit the jackpot. The place is full. So you have your sanctuary. We do. And thanks for all your help. But what was that last order you gave the system? It just means nobody but us can unlock the outside gates. No override, no secret codes, nothing. Not even other secret ops agents like yourself? Not even others like me. Thanks. No problem. We should get our refugees inside and start making the place livable. Yeah. Mo turns and marches out of the room. Eden follows him, her face thoughtful. Interior, warehouse, morning. A large area inside the warehouse has been cleared and tables set up for eating and working. Off to the side, a cooking station has been put together. A group of women are preparing a meal as some of the younger children set the tables. Mo sits at one of the tables assembling weapons and putting them in a secured box. Marion sits watching him intently. Are you just going to sit there and watch me do this or are you going to do some actual work? Watch. Besides, I'm learning. Yeah, I like to learn. And what are you learning? How to assemble weapons. Is that something you want to learn? Yep. Why? So I can defend myself from bad guys. There aren't any bad guys here. Doesn't mean there aren't any bad guys anywhere. Oh, grunts at her. Eden joins them, her portable vid pad in hand as she checks supplies off. This looks interesting. What's going on? Mo is teaching me how to put weapons together. No, I'm putting together weapons and she is bugging me. Hey, I'm not doing nothing. That sentence didn't make sense. Go do something productive, Marion. Like, stop putting the food on the table. I'm no cook. She didn't say cook anything. Please, Marion. I need to talk to Mo. Fine. You guys want to talk about stuff. Marion storms off in a huff, but does as she's told and starts helping to put serving dishes of food on the table. Eden shakes her head. She's quite the fan of yours. Don't remind me. I don't need to. She does that all by herself. It's cute. Do we really have time for cute? It's always time to smile. The lights suddenly flicker and everyone starts to mutter. Eden dashes towards the door to her office. Mo grabs several weapons and follows her. Marion races after them. Interior, office, moments later. Eden falls into the chair at the console and starts scanning the vid screen. Mo, right behind her, hangs over her shoulder scanning the security feeds. Marion stands in the doorway and yells to them. Both Mo and Eden turn to the security feed screen. On screen, a large transport is parked outside the gates. Two men stand at the vid pad and are applying an electric weapon to the vid pad. The lights flicker again. Anyway, what are they doing? They're trying to get in. No kidding, I can see that. We better go talk to them. Okay, but we're going armed. Of course. You want me to give, want to give me one of those weapons? He grins and hands her two. They make their way out the door and towards the open garage bay doors. Marion dances along behind them. Can I come? No, Marion. Yeah, no kids allowed. Why? It's dangerous. No, stay here. You can watch on the monitors in case we get in trouble. Okay. So I'm back up. Can I have a weapon? No. 
Marion sighs, but runs back to the office as Eden and Moe march outside. Exterior, outer gate, continuous. The men at the gate stand and watch as Eden and Moe approach. Moe saunters up and stands leaning against the inside of the fence to the right of the vid pad. He casually reveals the weapon he has on his belt. Eden stands right at the gate, facing the men outside. Hi. How can we help you? The two men are rough-looking, manual laborers holding rudimentary hand weapons, sharpened tools. The taller man, Crazy Dave, 20-ish, has long hair and a vivid red scar running down the center of his face. The shorter man, Stucky, late teens, is shorn with a skull and crossbones tattoo on his head. Crazy Dave leans into the fence. Hair! We want in! Why? Oh, we guess we need, we need supplies. What about the other supply depots? Empty, 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 empty. Government, government got them first. Well, they are owned by the government. Why do you need supplies? Aren't there supplies in the city? No, 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 no. They took it all after they put down the resistance. Resistance? Yeah, yeah. You must have seen that if you're out there and not in there. You know? Your jacket means you're a cop. I don't know what he is. I can't tell what he is. I I'm the guy with the weapons. We need weapons. Shut up! Stucky! Sorry, Dave. Crazy Dave! You call me Crazy Dave! Right. Sorry, Crazy Dave. So now you know our names and what we need. Well, would love to help you, but I can't let you in. We have traumatized women and children in here. We're keeping them safe. We can trade. We, we can trade for stuff. Shut up, you moron! Crazy Dave punches Stucky in the side of the head. Stucky falls to the ground as Dave turns back to Eden. I don't, don't mind him. He's, uh... Now, can't you take pity on us? Okay, we're starving. Mo steps closer to the gate, handling his weapon openly. Why do they call you Crazy Dave? Oh, uh, because uh, my name's Dave and <clears throat> I'm crazy. Because why? Because I say so. Now give us some stuff. Give us some stuff. Dave reaches for the fence as Stucky staggers to his feet, grabbing the fence. He gets a jolt of electricity and staggers back against the truck. Dave pulls his hand away. Mo has his hand on a weapon and Eden steps back from the fence. Careful, buddy. Fence is electric. Stucky glares at him, cross-eyed. Eden faces a sullen-looking Dave. I'm sorry. I can't let you in. But if you bring me something to trade, we can consider it. Fine. I'll just, uh, I'll go back to my boss. I'll tell him how nice you were about the whole thing. I'm sure he'll come and speak to you himself. Come on, moron! Let's get back to base camp. Both men return to their transport, start up, and tear off. Eden and Mo watch them go until they're out of sight. I guess we have to come up with a defense plan. Yup. Mo and Eden turn back toward the, t the buildings. Eden pauses and leans back to peer around the guardhouse. Marion, you can come out of hiding now. Marion sidles out from her hiding place as Mo and Eden turn to march back inside. The girl runs alongside, uh, behind. As they reach the door, Eden turns to face Marion, gripping her by the shoulders. Hope you heard enough to take what I'm about to say next seriously. 
The girl squirms. Yeah, I heard. Tell me what you heard. Those guys want to take this place over. That's right. And you keep your mouth shut. You don't tell any of the others anything until we're ready. Got it? Yeah, yes. Good. Now go back inside, act like everything is fine, and we'll be there in a minute for mealtime. Eden releases Marion, who scampers into the building. Eden stops and faces Mo. So, ex-military ops, I hope you have some advice to give me. I got lots of advice, don't worry. We can protect this place. Good, because in just a short while, I've become very attached to feeling safe. Eden turns and marches back inside, Mo on her heels. Exterior, depot, compound, night. Eden sits outside, holding the vid pad and studying the screen. Mo exits the building, carrying two coffee cups and a bottle under one arm. He sets the cups and bottle down and perches next to her. So, how many weapons are listed on there, and what kind? Excluding the crate you already opened and assembled, there are another 100 crates with hand weapons. She runs her finger down the screen, scrolling through the text. Two shipping containers of drones and another shipping container that has large-scale versions of your multi-weapon. Does that sound like enough? Yeah, but having enough personnel to use them is another matter. Maybe some of our refugees have experience or can be taught. Maybe. Or maybe we're going to have to try another way. What other way? He grabs the bottle, opens it, and pours a generous amount of cup into the cup and hands it to her. She takes it, sniffs, and recoils. What the hell is that? Not sure, but it will either get us drunk or kill us. I'm all for trying new things. Drink. Eden watches as he pours himself a cup and then takes a swallow. He winces and then tops up his cup. Well, it's booze and it's strong, but doesn't seem lethal in small amounts. So far. Come on, Ash. You only live once. Drink up. It'll pull up your hair on your chest. <laughs> you sound like my dad. She sobers as she drinks, coughing a little as she swallows. Mo watches her, her face somber, eyes sad. Did you say your family was gone? Yes. Not gone. Dead. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. wasn't trying to upset you. You can't be upset using the right words for things. Right. What happened? Not completely sure. There was violence in our housing block. My father died at the house. My brother was taken to a detention center and died there. That's all I know. Is that enough? I mean, I could try contacting someone on the inside, find out more. It doesn't matter now. They're dead and I can't bring them back. Can't help them now. I live and I have to help the living. Eden reaches into her pocket and pulls out the necklace and ID tags that were her brother's. She looks at them a moment, her face sad, then repockets them. Right. Help the living. They both drink again, both coughing a little. You never said, but why are you helping me? Us? I don't know. Give me purpose? What, what do you mean? 
Military makes you feel like you belong somewhere. I'm not military anymore. Right. So you said there might be another way to protect this place without enough personnel. Yeah, remotely. We place weapons in strategic places up high, attach remote ignition to all of their systems and work everything from the office control room. I thought he had, we don't have any choice, Ash. Uh, no? I have a script. It says no live personnel on the outside. Page 58. Top of 58. I printed out the new one and that's not what I'm seeing. At the top of 58, mine says we don't have any choice. Huh. All right. Well, the... Do you have, I think you should get some sleep. No. And you have the new one printed? Yeah, I think so. Okay, hold on guys. He's got the same thing I got. Just hold on a second. I've got too. Okay. So did I print the same one again? Is that what I did? I think yep. that is what happened, yes. Okay, do you wanna just take that page for me? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I literally just printed it this morning too, and I printed the wrong one. Okay, so actually, let's go from. We can go from. <sighs> All right, I'll deliver Eden's lines just that little bit for Dan because I want it in there. No live personnel on the outside. One, just for safety. And that would be. Oh, we both know it's me. I'm the only one with combat training of this type. It's a big risk. I don't think I want to risk that. No, we don't have any choice, Ash. Maybe. Let me think on it until morning. I think you should get some sleep instead of worrying all night. She drains her cup and hands it to him. Maybe to that too. I'm going to go set the perimeter alarms and lie down. I think better when I'm lying down. She pats him on the shoulder and marches into the building. He watches her go, drinking from his cup. Interior, office, control room, morning. Marion is slumped over the desk, breathing deeply, asleep. The perimeter alarms beep and she jumps awake. Scanning the vid screens, she finds that there are several large transports at the gate. There are several men, too. Crazy Dave, Stucky, and a savage-looking man. Marion yelps and runs out of the office. Interior, mess hall. Mo is sitting at the table, studying a drawing of the compound. Eden joins him with a cup of coffee. She looks tired. Morning. I'd say good morning, but you don't look like you think it might be good. I'm fine. What do you have there? Uh, plans of the compound, size, fencing, number of buildings, so on. And what's that going to do for us? It's so we can figure out where to put our arsenal, vantage points, you know, the like. Eden leans over the drawing, reading the notes Moe's made in red pen. Marion races in and slams into the table where Moe and Eden sit, breathless. Alarm went off. It went off. So, could have been a bird. Not a bird, Moe. Check the vid screens. Those guys are back at the gate with some big, scary-looking old guy. Big, scary-looking old guy? 
Looks old to me. Older than Mo. Eden fights a grin as Mo scowls. He grabs his weapon and stands up. I'm not old, and we better go look. Can I come this time? You came last time when we said no. Yeah, but I gotta know stuff, and I can't hear what you say on camera. I can't read lips. Not this time. You don't, you don't gotta know all the stuff. Stay in the office and watch the vids. Use the radio if you see something at any of the other fences areas. Got it? So I got a mission. I'm on the team? Yeah, you're on the team, kid. Marion kicks him, and he yelps. I'm like Ow! Eden. Don't call me a kid. Oh, see what you started? Sorry, but we don't have time for that right now. Let's go. Eden grabs her weapons, and the three of them exit the mess hall area. Exterior, compound, front gate. The men lounge against the front grill of the first transport just outside the gate. Eden and Mo saunter up, stopping within speaking distance. Morning. How can we help you? Crazy Dave jumps forward. We're back! I told you, I told you we'd be back! I mean, you thought I was crazy. What? The savage-looking man, Kevin Pulaski, 40s, grabs Dave by the shirt and yanks him back. He eyes Eden up and down and then ignores her to speak to Mo. Name's Kevin Pulaski. You, you called him, Pulaski. You, buddy. What's the score here? Mo glances at Eden. The score is you could speak to our leader. You're not the leader? Nope. She is. Mo jerks a thumb at Eden, who looks briefly startled. She schools her face as Pulaski sneers at her. Right. The mousy little thing is the leader. Okay. Mousy? What do you want? We told your men yesterday that we would trade if you had something worth trading. Oh, we've got something very valuable to trade. So, what is it? Me. My men. Protection. Eden glances at Mo. Mo hides a grin. You. Protection? And these men? Crazy Dave and Stucky and whatever other motley crew you got hanging around out here? Yeah. You let us in. We protect your little bunch of refugees. And I run the place. No. What? I said no. You ain't even thought about it. Both of you, shut it. You heard her. She says no. Yeah, why? Like the idiot said, you ain't even thought about it. You don't even know what I can do for you. Eden steps forward toward the gate and stares at Pulaski. I know what you want to do for us. You want to run this like a little kingdom. You want to take the women and children and abuse them. Stucky laughs and Crazy Dave punches him in the head. Pulaski steps up, just shy of the fence. I know what a man like you wants. And right now, we don't have to do anything we don't want. So, no. You can't come in, and you can't have any supplies. Pulaski glares at her. I don't think you understand what's going on out here. 
Oh, I understand what's going on in here and what has gone on back in the city. I used to be a bounty cop. I know more than you ever could. Ooh, you sound so tough. Hey, he's tougher than you. Eden glares at Mo. I don't think you understand me, understood me before. You can't come in. We don't need your protection. A buzzing noise makes all of them gaze skyward. A government drone comes zooming from the treetops, its camera swiveling in all directions and training on them. The two groups scatter. Pulaski's group hide under their trucks. Eden and Mo duck behind a small guard building. Eden and Mo huddle together. Damn, that little convoy must have got the attention of the government drones. Yeah, and now they know where we are too. Well, not like they weren't going to find us, Ash. Can we keep them out? Same as this bunch of criminals? I'll do what I can. We'll do what we can. The drone makes a quick circuit of the compound and then zooms off. Pulaski thumps the side of his transport. Come out, little mouse. Big bad brother is gone. We have more to talk about. Eden shakes her head and strides back to the main gate. Pulaski standing at the gate, sneering. Mo follows her, his hand on his weapon. My name isn't Mouse, and we have nothing else to discuss. Uh, you think them government assholes are just going to let you have this place all peaceful? All we have to do is send a message. <laughs> they don't give a shit about your message. Now, if I send a message... <laughs> what message is that? That you're ugly, you smell bad, you have a bad attitude. I think they already know that. Now, take your so-called protection and scurry back to your little hiding place, rat. Eden turns and strides back toward the main building. Mo follows at a slower pace. Pulaski mounts the passenger side of the transport, yelling at them as the truck pulls out. Mistake, little mousy! You won't last against those government goons. They'll take all of this from you. Eden ignores him and slams the door to the warehouse behind her. Mo stops and glances back to watch Pulaski and his crew drive off. Interior, office control room. Eden storms into the office where Marion is glued to the vid screen. The girl bounces off her chair as Eden enters. Mo slips into the room as Eden paces angrily back and forth, Marion dogging her steps. What did you say? What did he say? He looked really, really mad. Not now, Marion. Just not right now. I, I just want to know what happened. Is he going to get in here? Is he going to hurt us? Eden stops and stares at Marion. She takes a deep breath and turns to look at Mo. He's not coming in here right now, Marion, okay? And he, and he won't get in if we can get the defenses up. So do it. Do it right now. We will. But we just have to... Don't worry, Marion. I will protect you and all the others. I promise. I'm a bounty cop. It's what I do. Okay. Didn't mean to bug you. You didn't. I'm just upset. I didn't exactly sound tough out there. <laughs> yeah. What was that little threat you made? Sounded like a little something like the kid here would say. Hey, I make great threats. Oh, I'm sure you do. Very scary. No jokes right now, Mo. We... A beep from Eden's discard of vidpad stops her. She grabs it and the screen reads, Incoming message. Urgent. Eden glances at Mo, then grabs the vidpad. 
She touches the screen and the warning clears. A face appears on the screen as she accepts the message. Clark Fletcher stares back at her. Good morning. Bounty Cop Ash, Eden, BC196565, I believe. Yes, sir. How are you, sir? As well as can be expected. Glad to see you're alive. Are you well? You're still listed as injured. I'm fine, sir. Um, no longer in the city. Marion's about to speak when Mo grabs her, pulls her to him, and covers her mouth. She glares at him, but he shushes her and points to his ear at then at Eden. Marion nods. I'm aware of that, Ash. I'm also aware that you're at the Paradise Corporation Supply Depot with ex-military pilot Moses Gozen. He's listed as missing action. Is he with you right now? Eden glances at Mo, who gives him a warning stare to Marion as he steps next to Eden and into the vid screen viewer. I'm right here, Fletcher. Alive and also well. Good. Good. Excellent. Glad you're both okay, but what are you doing there? We rescued some refugees from a safety zone, sir. Rescued? From a safety zone? Yeah. There were rebels attacking the place and a group of women and children were trapped in the fighting. Ash insisted we get them out of there and somewhere safer. I see. Well, that was good thinking and makes you good citizens. And is the place secure? Yes, sir, very. We got in using my refugee emergency code and we've secured the main gates. Excellent. There's something else, sir. Go on. Some local rebel styles himself a warlord of sorts, I guess. He made his presence known to us today. Demanded we let him in and run the place. And he offered protection. Protection? From what? You. Not you specifically, but the government. I see. What was this uh, warlord's name, if he gave one? Pulaski, Kevin. Ugly sucker. Had a couple of flunkies called uh, Crazy Dave and Stucky. Yes. Yeah, we know of them. Pulaski is a um, disenfranchised miner from Mars. He was back on Earth visiting family when Chief Justice Eve Adams was taken out. Led a rebellion in another of our safety zones. How dangerous is he? Dangerous enough. Do you have any defenses, weapons of any kind? I mean, if I remember correctly, the Paradise Depot handled all the government weapon contracts. Uh, there's weapons. We planned on getting them up and running. You have the personnel to use them as well. Eden and Mo glance at each other. Marion nods her head, but Mo shakes his at her. She fumes as Eden looks back at the screen. Not really, sir. We've got a compound of about 25 women and children. Most of the kids are under 12, so there's really only myself and Mo who are combat trained. I see. I see, then you need our assistance. I suppose so, sir. Uh, hold on. Who do you represent, Fletcher? I mean, last I heard you were the new Chief Justice Enforcer and nothing more. Things have um, changed over the last few days, Goshen. New positions had to be created. Responsibilities reassigned. 
And your new position, new responsibilities are? Domestic supply. I can use whatever means needed to ensure the safety of all citizens. Marion goes pale, and then her face flushes red. She crosses her arms and glares at Mo and Eden. Mo motions for her to stay calm. That sounds very impressive, sir. It's not really. Just different. We can be there by morning, if you can hold out that long. We'll do our best, sir. I think you might want to hurry, though. Understood, Ash. And don't worry, we'll be there as quickly as possible to take the burden of leadership off your shoulders. You can rest easy. Fletcher out. The vid screen goes dark and Eden is visibly shaken. She grabs the chair and flops into it. Mo purchases, purchases, perches beside her on the edge of the console. Marion is furious. What the ever actual hell? Watch it, kid. This is serious. I know. Do you? More than you. No, you don't. You're an army guy, and it's not the same for you as it is for scrubby citizens like me and my mom was. I get it, but you need to let us handle it. We're the grown-ups. Grown-ups? Eden, you gonna let the government scumbags just come in here and take over? They'll just put us back in one of those six safety zones, and more moms and kids will go missing. Okay. Now hang on there, all right, kid? I... Stop. Just... You have no idea what it's like to be us. And you have to understand there are rules! Shut up, both of you. Just stop. Mo and Marion, still angry, back away from Eden. Nobody is going to take anything from us. Nobody is going to take over. Nobody is going to take women and children anywhere. Not while I'm alive. And if I'm dead, well, I can't help you. So both of you just stop fighting and let's get those defenses in place. What about personnel to use those weapons? You know, big guns are no joke. You already said we can rig it so they can be used automatically from here, this control room. You can run them from here. What about me? Look, I know you want to help, but I need you to protect the others. You can have a couple of small taser guns. Those are close-up weapons. I know, and believe me, if anyone gets through our defenses, you're going to need close-up weapons. Got it? Yeah. Good. Now, go tell the others to gather in the mess hall. We need to talk to them. Marion nods and races out of the room. A visibly shaken Eden sits back down. And where are you going to be when I'm here running the defenses remotely? Outside, shooting down drones and watching for what the cameras can't see. Yeah, that sounds pretty dangerous. It is, but... Up-close work is what body cops do, and big weapon work is what ex-military do. It's the best plan we've got. Yes, sir! Smartass. Eden strides out of the room, leaving Mo to watch her, concerned. Exterior, depot compound, continuous. Eden exits the control room and heads for the fence. Marion charges out of nowhere and grabs her hand. Hey, what are you... Can't hear that. Can you deliver it again? Me or our Marion? I can't hear Marion at all. Marion, your line again. We can't hear you, dear. Okay. Well, this Shh. Don't say anything. Just come with me, please. Marion glances back at the control room door and tugs on Eden's arm. Fine. 
Okay. But stop pulling. Marion lets go of Eden's arm and trots around the end of the building. She stops, waiting for Eden to catch up. Marion leans against the wall and shoves her hand in her pockets. Eden leans next to the door. Well, I'm here. What is it? Marion bites her lip and scuffs her shoe in the dirt. Don't you want to know why I hate that hate government guys like Fletcher that Fletcher dirt? I assume it's because you don't like authority and because authority hasn't always been kind to you and your mom. Marion crosses her arms. Nuh uh. I mean, that's part of it, but there's more. Eden lays a hand on Marion's shoulder. Okay, out with it. Because that guy, that guy gave the troops at the safety zone permission to take women and kids. Said we were um, unacceptable acceptable losses. Nobody would notice. Eden grips Marion's shoulder. Oh, you saw and heard him say that? Yeah. I was spying on the soldiers. They were getting orders on their vid pads. Asked what they were supposed to do with single moms and kids. Eden puts an arm around Marion, who shrugs it off. That's... Don't tell me it's terrible or something. I know what it is. And I know that he's sort of your boss, but government guys are bad. All bad. Well, not all. I'm not bad. Mo's not bad. You guys, you're not really government, right? Are you? Not really. Not anymore. There. And that's why you're good. Thanks. I should get to the warehouse and start taking inventory. Right. Yeah. But don't tell Mo, okay? I don't want him, like, going crazy and shooting the place up or something. Right. Okay. I won't tell Mo. Okay. Why don't you go play with some of the other kids? I'm sure they need distracting. And Mo and I will be in the mess hall shortly, okay? Sure. Marion shuffles off toward a distant open doorway. Eden leans against the wall, her face grim, watching her. Exterior depot compound, Dawn. Eden is perched on a low wall just outside the garage bay entrance. She's nursing a cup of coffee and watching the road end gate. A hand communicator sits next to her along with her vid pad. A pair of binoculars hangs around her neck. The handcom crackles and Mo's voice comes through the speaker. Big Mama, come in. This is Flyboy. Eden stares at the handcom and chuckles before picking it up. Um, hey, Flyboy. This is Big Mama. Wait, Big Mama? That's not very flattering. Blame little Bo Peep. She picked it. Little Bo Peep? I'm guessing that's Marion. Got it in one, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> so, why does what does Flyboy want? Uh, just checking in. I can't see anything from here yet. Thought you might have eyes on the prize that I can't see. Nothing yet. Let me check. Eden puts the binoculars to her eyes and adjusts them. Point of view, binoculars. Eden scans the road leading up to the gate. Sees nothing. She scans the road to the right. Nothing. She scans left and sees a faint reflection off something. She adjusts the focus to bring them things closer. The grill of a government vehicle can, can just be seen. As she watches, the vehicle comes closer and is followed by three transports. She drops the binoculars and grabs the hand comm again. Just spotted them. They're about 10 minutes out. You ready? Ready. You? As ready as ever. Stand by. Standing by. Over and out. 
Eden clips the handcuff to her belt, puts down her empty coffee cup, and stands up, dusting herself off. She grabs her vid pad and slowly saunters towards the gate. As she nears the gate, the vehicles can now be heard and seen with the naked eye. She sighs and stops just outside the fence, waiting. The government vehicles pull up in moments, neatly stopping in the drive outside the fence. The lead vehicle is smaller. Eden can see a driver and one passenger. She waits as she gets out of the car. The passenger is Clark Fletcher, Chief Justice Enforcer and Head of Domestic Supply. He straightens his uniform and strides towards the gate, holding a vid pad. He's followed by the driver a few paces behind. Eden notes that the driver is carrying a visible hand weapon, as is Fletcher. He stops just outside the gate, smiling at her. Officer Ash, good morning. Morning. Didn't expect you to come yourself. I felt the situation called for a uh, personal touch. Are you well? Are your people well? Well enough, after the traumas they've been through. Ah, uh, yes. We can help with that. We have counsellors and reintegration personnel standing by to help everyone. Stop, just stop. I know what you're here for. And the answer is, we can negotiate. Excuse me? Negotiate for what? The driver places a hand on his weapon, alert. Supplies? You need supplies, don't you? Of course, but um, we can... Uh... So do we. Yes. Yes, of course, but you can get what you need as soon as we get you and everyone else back safely to the city safe zones. We won't be going back to the city. We're good here. Fletcher paces the fence, peering into the compound. Eden matches him, blocking his view. That's not acceptable. It is to us. You government guys aren't doing such a great job of making people feel safe. Now look here, Eden. Don't use my first name. Call me Ash or nothing. Using my name implies we're friends or at least allies, and we're neither. Fletcher angrily straightens his already straight uniform jacket and jams his hand, his free hand into his pocket. I just don't understand. I'm, I'm here to help. Help who? Us? Thanks, but we got this covered. Eden crosses her arms loosely in front of her. You do? You? Who else? A bunch of lower-class women and children, an ex-military pilot, a pilot who was discharged under uh, complicated circumstances. Fletcher leans into the fence without touching. Eden leans forward, matching him. I'll take them over government goons who have been screwing up for more for the last 100 years or more. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what I can do for you. I know enough to know that what you, what to do for me, what you want to do for me isn't in my best interest or the interest of anyone inside here. Besides, I know you allow your, what you allow your soldiers to do. <laughs> and what's that? Some of the women and children in the safety zones, they weren't so safe. They went missing. No idea what you mean. That you need my help in your little colony. If you want to stay, that is. And there it is. You want your own little empire. I knew it. Fletcher grips the butt of his hand weapon. You don't know anything 
I have their support here in seconds. Troops inside those transport sharpshooters. And I've got an ex-military flyboy and a whole lot of weapons trained on you right now. This place is better fortified than you realize. And with all the problems in the cities right now, what you have with you is all you're going to get. That is a rather foolish attitude. Eden kicks the fence, rattling and startling Fletcher. She glances back towards the building, then back to Fletcher. Like it or not, you have something I need, and I have something you need. Do you want to trade or not? The handcom crackles and Mo speaks. Hey, Big Mama, we got more company coming. Eden scans the bleak horizon and spots a convoy of three transports coming toward them from opposite directions. Must be Pulaski. Tell Bobeep to get the rest of them into the bunker. Got it. You get ready to get back here with us. I have something to do first. Big Mama, over and out. Eden turns to Fletcher, who's instructing his troops to disembark from the transports. She watches as three dozen soldiers with hand weapons of various sizes deploy and take positions around the trucks and in front of the gate. Fletcher returns to face her. I'm guessing this is that local warlord you told me about. Looks like it. Won't know for sure until they get here, but it's good that your troops are ready. Can I assume that your defenses are ready too? Yeah, they're ready. Fletcher and Eden watch as the convoys pull up and stop on the other side of the driveway. Pulaski jumps from the passenger side of the cab, followed by Crazy Dave. Stucky's in the driver's seat. Pulaski marches past the soldiers to stand toe-to-toe with Fletcher. You're on mute, Pulaski. What's this, Ash? Betraying me to your government overlords? No such luck, Pulaski. He wants my little safe zone, too. The protection. Your protection. You have no authority here. You're a criminal. Surrender yourself and your men. You might get to live another day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you hear that, buddy? We get to live. Government scum. We've been hearing that for years, but who wants to live under your rules where the rich get richer and the poor get dead? Don't make a mistake here. Nobody has to get hurt. Hey, Fletcher, here's your deal. I get to keep this little community thriving. You and the government get your supplies from us regularly, and we both get to rid the planet of this scumbag. And how does this help me? You look like a hero by taking in a known criminal and saving a bunch of refugees to provide you with supplies on a regular basis. We make this a thriving community within five years. If we don't, bring your soldiers and your government guns and we'll hand this place over quietly. Or I could just take this place right now. No, you couldn't. And you can't. And you know it. Especially not with guys like this running around. We're taking this place, Ash, and you and those little bitches inside are going to be our willing slaves. Dave here ain't been late in weeks. At least not by a woman. Too bad for him, then. He won't be getting that now, either. We have a deal, Fletcher. 
Fletcher glances back and forth between Pulaski and Eden, then nods in Eden's direction. Or my men and I take this criminal in. We can access this facility without you in the way. Fletcher nods at his men. Pulaski watches the exchange and turns to Dave. What the hell, Dave? Do you, do you see these traitors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are we going to kill them now, boss? <sighs> Only the soldiers. Keep the kids and the women alive. What about what about the fly boy? The, the, in the in the weapon she's mouthing off about. Was that, was that thing? Well, she can't kill all of us, Dave. Go get the men out of the trucks. Crazy Dave runs back to the transports and opens the doors. Four dozen rebels pour out, holding hand weapons, most homemade bats, knives, and swords. Pulaski grabs Fletcher by the throat. Nobody shoot, or I kill this guy. Don't shoot him. Don't shoot him, not yet. Eden pulls her hand weapon and points it at Pulaski. Crazy Dave points a weapon at her. Don't do it, bitch. I may be crazy, but I'm a damn good shot at close range. You shoot me, and my flyboy releases holy hell on all of you. Eden grabs her hand, calm, and presses the button. You got that, Mo? All of it. You might want to get back away from the gate. Eden backs away slowly from the gate, watching Crazy Dave. The government troops and rebels face each other, nobody moving until a shot takes out Crazy Dave right between the eyes. As Dave goes down, Fletcher is able to get free of Pulaski and the fighting starts. Montage, soldiers and rebels battle. Fighting between rebels and soldiers ensues. At first, the rebels are overwhelmed by the guns and the soldiers. But as the rebels charge the soldiers, hand-to-hand -hand combat starts. Fletcher struggles with Pulaski. Stucky's pulled from his transport, shot. Moe's drones flies, fly overhead and shoot missiles at random targets. Eden takes cover behind the guard building and takes pot shots with her hand weapon at both rebels and soldiers. Fletcher and Pulaski are locked in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Pulaski has a knife and stabs Fletcher in the side. Fletcher wrests the knife away from Pulaski and it lands in the dirt. Pulaski punches Fletcher in the temple repeatedly. Fletcher puts his hands around Pulaski's throat and squeezes until the man falls unconscious to the ground. The rebels are overcome and subdued in short order. Montage ends. Moe's drones buzz overhead, not firing. Eden comes out of hiding and strides to the gate where Fletcher stands over Pulaski, panting. She holds her gun pointed at Pulaski. Is he alive? Is he breathing? Fletcher, holding, holding his side where he was stabbed, kicks Pulaski, who grunts, his eyes fluttering. Yeah. Yeah, he's alive. Do you want him to stay alive? Oh, yes. He's my prize. He's my proof of what I accomplished here today. Fletcher, still panting, turns to make his way to the gate. He grimaces, holding his wounded side, blood oozing from between the fingers, and glares at Eden. Okay, so you've seen what we're capable of. Open the gate. And I'll see to it that you're... Uh, your refugees can stay here. You will, huh? And Mo, me, what happens to us? Whatever you want. Marion races up, stopping short of the fence. She aims her weapon and fires it at Fletcher. You said they could take my mom, they took her. You said they could and they did. He takes a hit to the shoulder, same side as his stab wound. His soldiers take aim at Marion. Eden grabs Marion and snags the weapon from her hand then shields the girl with her own body. Mo races up and takes a stance with a larger laser chasm, sorry, 
with a large laser cannon aimed at the fence. Hold your fire! Hold! I have no problem using this on all of you. Eden struggles with hysterical Marion. She takes the girl by the shoulders and shakes her. Marion, Marion, calm down. Just calm down. Marion is manic. She struggles to escape Eden's grip. He said, he said they could take her and they took her. Now she's gone. Eden grabs Marion into an embrace, holding the weeping girl. I know, Bokeep, I know. I'm alone. There's a silence except for the weeping Marion and the buzz hum of the drones on automatic. Eden kneels down to Marion's level, holding the girl's face in her hands. You are not alone. You don't have to be alone ever again. I'm here. Mo's here. You got us, okay, kid? Marion okay. gulps in air. Okay, but not a kid. Eden grins as she wipes Marion's face with a sleeve. Right. Not a kid. Me neither. Now, just listen, okay? Marion nods. I have to make a deal with this guy. For now. Just for now. We get him to leave us alone, and we make sure this place earns its keep over the next five years. Then, we can be safe. Okay? Marion looks upset, but nods. Okay. Thanks. Now, you hang back and let me and Mo do the talking. Marion nods again and shoots a hateful look at Fletcher. Eden straightens her clothes and turns back to the gate. Mo stands, still stands aiming his laser cannon at the gate and Fletcher's soldiers. Fletcher waits at the gate, his expression sour. Eden approaches and leans in as close as she can with the fence between them. That little girl, the one that just shot you, she knows what you are. She knows what you did. And I'm sure there are worse things you've got hidden away. You're just a kid. Who's going to believe her? I do. I will. And I'm sure General Angler will too. Fletcher turns white and steps back, wincing. What do you want then? Eden pulls the vid pad out of her jacket pocket and presses it to the chain link fence. Put your DNA on this report. I wrote for you stating that you helped us get rid of a warlord and that we are going to supply you and the city with food and goods of all kinds and we retain our autonomy. Your new bosses should accept this so long as you sell it to them. Fletcher considers the vid pad and then reluctantly presses his thumb to the pad through the chain link. And I guess? You get to live you get a chance to redeem your past deeds, so long as you reform. Fletcher pulls his hand away, wincing. Fine. Fine, you get your deal. Don't think of breaking the agreement, either. I've got this ex-flyboy and a whole mess of weapons in here. The Paradise Corporation was really big in the weapons manufacturing. Eden gestures to one of Fletcher's men. You. Go grab a med kit and patch your leader up. We can't have him dying. The soldier glances at Fletcher, who nods. The soldier lowers his weapon and runs to the nearest transport. Mo clears her throat. Hey, Fletcher, tell your men to stand down. Fletcher nods again at the soldiers, who lower their weapons. I guess you win, Ash. Marion shuffles up to stand at Eden's elbow. That's Officer Ash. 
Fletcher locks eyes with Eden. Naturally. No, effective as this moment, she's civilian administrator of the Paradise Compound. Eden shakes her head. You don't need to fire me. I quit. The soldier returns and starts to administer first aid to Fletcher. Fletcher shrugs him off. Get off me. Just, just get me to the transport. Fletcher turns, supported by the soldier, and limps back to the transport. Eden stands her ground, watching him. You won. I won. We both won. Now take your troops and transports back to the city. Fletcher pauses at the truck, glances back at her. What about my supplies? When do I get those? Get back to the city, be the hero, and then contact me in a couple of days. We'll make arrangements then. Well, I guess that's it then. That's it. And don't forget, we have eyes on you everywhere. Eden turns away and marches back into the loading bay. Interior mess hall. A few days later, morning. Mo and Eden are eating breakfast alone. Marion's playing with some of the younger children. She glances over at them every so often. Worships you, you know? No, she worships you. Nah, this has got a crush on me. <laughs> of course. Eden's vid pad beeps with an incoming message. She picks it up and, and answers it. The image on the screen is Robert Kipling, 30s. Good morning. Are you Eden Ash? Yes. How did you get this frequency? Fletcher sent me. I'm your civilian liaison. Where are you? At your front gate. Want to come meet me? We'll be right there. Eden hangs up and looks at Mo. I guess it's starting. Hey, Bo Peep, want to go for a walk? Marion grins and leaves the group of children. Her hand weapon still dangles from her belt. Mo grabs it as she joins him and Eden as they leave the mess hall. Got that thing? I thought I took that back. I can't hear Marion. No, it's mine. I need it for protection. You got one. So, what's up? Where are we going? Front gate. Fletcher's minion is here. Fletcher's minion is here to pick up supplies. Are we going to shoot him? No, Marion. Not unless he shoots first. Well, really? The trio exit the mess hall. Exterior paradise compound moments later. Eden, Moe, and Marion approach the gate. Waiting outside are three transports with drivers and one passenger each. Standing at the gate is a tall, ethereal-looking man with scars on his face and wearing a bounty cop jacket, and he's smiling. Eden stops and stares at him. Moe and Marion hang back, hands on weapons. You must be Kipling. And you're the infamous Eden Ash, ex-bounty cop and savior of women and children. Uh, well, don't know about infamous, but I am an ex-bounty cop, and I'm no hero. Well, not according to the average citizen. Your story is circulating in some very underground circles. Well, it's probably wrong or exaggerated. And I don't know how anyone outside this place knows. 
You'd be surprised how soldiers gossip. And I guarantee it's exaggerated. So how does this work? How do you want it to work? How about you show me that you and your men are unharmed and that those transports are empty? Done. Kip gestures to the transports. Each driver and passenger jump down, show they have no weapons, and then pull open the transport doors to show that they're empty. Kip pulls open his jacket and spins around, showing he carries no weapons. Okay. Your jacket shows you're a bounty cop. Yeah. Still am, for however long they keep us in service. I remember the reports from around the time Johnson got taken down. Wasn't it your partner who did that? Yeah. Sang, right? Yep. Okay. Marion rushes up. You guys are talking too much. What are we doing? Cute sidekick you got there. I'm not cute. I'm lethal. Marion brandishes her weapon, which Eden makes a grab for. Marion quickly tucks the weapon away. Right. I can see that. Sometimes the tiniest things can kill you. Damn right. Mo grabs Marion. Okay, kid. Stand down. He's okay. Kip shoots Mo a salute, who returns it. Eden marches over to the gate vid pad and places her hand on it. The gate slides open and Kip strolls inside. He motions to his men who get back to their transports and drive into the loading bay. Kip stands with Eden as Mo and Marion follow the transports. The quartet walk back towards the loading bay, Kip's head turning from side to side, watching the activity. Small groups of men and children, women and children, are attending to various tasks of cleanup, digging gardens and general repairs. Nice little place you got here. Thanks. Lots of room to plant crops or raise livestock. Lots of room to grow. Yeah. How many people? If you include Mo and I, just over two dozen. Gonna take more than that to get this place up and running. Well... I know some more refugees that might want to join you. Yeah? Yeah. After I deliver this first shipment, mind if I come back with them? You coming too? Of course. I could be a gentleman farmer. <laughs> well then, welcome to paradise. Eden and Kip stroll toward the loading bay. Fade out. Janet, well done, everybody. Well done. Thank you very much. This is, uh, despite a few technical difficulties, <laughs> you guys were amazing. Uh, I'm very proud and very impressed. Um, how are you guys feel? Uh, well, I couldn't uh, hear you guys. You kept, your sound kept going in and out. out. Um, can I just say, Ethan, oh my God. Oh, so I, I, awesome. I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like sitting here shaking mm -hmm. and trying not to laugh. Yeah. That was an outstanding performance. Well done, Ethan. Well, well done. done. Bravo. So good. So yeah. good. Seriously, you were all amazing. And thank I had to turn you. off the camera because I couldn't stop laughing at him. I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm just like I'm sitting here like. Don't laugh out loud. I mean, I, my mic was off, but still, you would have seen me laughing. So anyway, um, no, that was that was amazing and outstanding. And thank you it's all crazy. so much. 
It's crazy. Yeah. I'm Dave and I'm crazy. <laughs> I will never, ever forget the way you said that line. It will forever be in my brain. That was And brilliant. I believed him. Yes, I believed him. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. I believed him too. I believe you are crazy. <laughs> right. Well, so I have you. to say there, there were times where I may have looked kind of caught off guard. It's because uh, each of you had uh, parts in your performance where I was just kind of sitting there going, holy crap. And then I went, oh, I have to read. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you laugh, Tim. I got so oh, yeah, excited. I'm not going like, like, to hide laughter. Or, or I was like, oh, because you laughed fun. when I said that. And I wanted to like linger, but I was like, no, I keep going. And I, I just want to say, I want to say, like, for my, my three main characters, um, Mo and Marion, and of course, Eden, you guys were absolutely outstanding um, after the rehearsal that we had on, on Friday, and then you guys really brought it. And uh, Erica, I know you were concerned about bringing it to get mad and yell at Dan. <laughs> you, were, you were brilliant, brilliant. So thank you all. Thank you all so, so very much. And uh, I won't keep you if you have things to do. I know Brian said he has to finish cutting oh, the lawn, or did you finish? No, it? it's done. It's done. Oh, it's done. Can You're I ask good. a quick oh. question? Can yeah. you just confirm for me the top of page 57? What is the first line of 57? Oh, I don't have my script open. Can someone oh, else anybody else have? I, I can, I can get there. Uh, no one, no one, li no one lives, some, something like that. No. What I, I have in 57 is my brother was taken to detention center and died there. That's all yeah, I know. That's also what I have. Yeah. That's on right. 57. That's on 57. Did you say that's 57? That's what I have too. Yeah. That's why I think I was thrown off because I think when you had sent the email that said you updated <clears> page 57. <throat> she meant to say right? 56. She meant to say 56. That's where the change is. No, no. The, the changes were later. It was the pages with um, where Mo and, uh, and uh, Eden are drinking together outside. Yeah, that's 57 We're, that you changed the line on. That 57? Oh, in, our, in, our, in our version, it's 57. Okay. Uh, 56, I mean 56, 56. Don't At the bottom. Fine. Don't worry about it, Stacey. You were, oh, okay. you were that's wonderful. I'm sorry yeah, about that. I feel bad because I... Okay, Chris, hey, thank I tell you. you. I tell you, I, I watched the uh, Wisconsin Dems um, A Princess Bride read. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Yeah. Where <laughs> pretty much yeah. the entire living cast it, yeah. got back together. And mm -hmm. they had way more technical difficulties than we really, had. really, oh, yeah. no. all kinds of stalls yeah. and sputters and and uh, uh, people yeah, not reading, you. all kinds of stuff. Um, you guys did fantastic. Yeah, Can you, hear you was, Tim, you kept your narration you. kept going out from it. Then Janet, you were just talking to me, and I couldn't hear a word you just said to me well, because I was on mute most of the time. <laughs> no, just now, what you were saying about Marion. Oh well, I, I couldn't hear a word you said. On. You were spot on, and I know you were worried about yelling at Dan, and you yeah. know, you did a great job at yelling at Dan. <laughs> oh, I was, and I was ticked by the time I got to Fletcher. I was looking at his face going, I hate you. <laughs> no offense. Poor Phil. <laughs> no I was offense. like, oh, I hate you. It's like, yeah. No, thank you. And um, I, need, I, I do need to um, may, um, acknowledge, big acknowledgement to Brian, who stepped in at the last minute when we had an actor who bowed out at literally at six o'clock this morning, I got the email. By the way, I got a job, I can't be there. And I kind of went, oh, sorry. oh, God, I kind of mm. literally, my heart stopped for about 30 seconds. And then I went, <laughs> okay, 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 how do I fix this? And then I remembered Brian had said he was willing and I thought, well, I'll ask him if he's available. If not, we'll figure it out. So yep. well, you were perfect, problem. Brian. You were perfect. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that worked out. God, he was making me laugh. 
I was like, oh. But but to be to be fair, he's playing a big asshole. So he's just <laughs> reading the lines. I'm not That's acting funny. at all. I'm not. I wasn't <laughs> acting at all. I know you're just reading the lines. I was just saying lines. <laughs> That's hilarious. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Table Read Podcast. Find out how to submit a script, join the cast, or register to attend the next live Zoom Table Read at northernunicornfilmsltd.com.